Welcome to Blake Street Banter does the draft. Tyler, say what's up. Hello. And welcome back, Nick. How you doing, dog? I'm good. Good. Glad we are here. The time has come. We have been prepping for this for about two months now. We've had a few pods come, come into play talking about this, and it's now coming into fruition where we are, what, five days? Because we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Five days away, six days away. Math is hard. Um, on Sunday, Sunday is the first round of the draft or first day of the draft where we get the first two rounds and the compensation picks. I know you two are geeked about this. I am definitely overwhelmed. I, all the players and all the stuff, but you guys put in the hard work all the time throughout the year. How geeked are you about this moment, Tyler, that this draft is finally, finally. Well, I like was away this weekend and so it was like on my way back I was like oh yeah the draft is in less than a week now and it's felt like forever all year it's been like this is the late July draft for I I don't know if it's the first time it's been this late but usually it's in June so my internal clock is like messed up and I'm like I should have had a draft already so I'm I'm very pumped for this let's let's go it is super late it seems like they wanted to do it at the cws like a few years ago they just keep switching it up on us um here and out but nick this is your bread and butter this is what you geek out about first off congratulations on your championship uh old miss thank you old miss locked it up in the cws uh last one's in last one's out Yes, exactly, which is crazy. What a run. Like, you see that all the time in baseball, and then you just love those mm-hmm. runs. There's something romantic about Well, you about let a team those. get hot at the right time, and... No stopping them. Yep. Can't stop the old Miss train. But who is your favorite, just overall draft dude that you are looking forward to just following along and see where they go? Not necessarily Rockies-related, just straight up, who are you excited about? I'm going to... Tim Elko. Uh, with, with everything that he did for old Miss... You know, whether or not he goes in the draft, I think he will. Um, I'm just – he's a great person. He's a great dude. It's just what he's did and, and him getting now going to be able to get his statue at Swayze. I just I – want, I want to see him crush that, crush it, and just go. Maybe the Dodgers get a ring. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a gut feeling you could say Elko. Uh, but, yeah – Dude, man, is just a great dude. I saw you posting some stuff about him. So always got to root for the good guys. Um, All right, let's get into it. Before we get into it, if you do want to go back and listen to our last draft recaps, if you want to go back to episode 15 at the end of May, episode 16, number one. (laughs) We had two 16s. Huge mess up. (laughs) Six, six. And then Road to Blake Street 17 when K-Dub joined the pod for, and that was June 21st. Those are our three pods where we talked about the draft. Get caught up with all that. So you have like, what, two, three hours worth of content for the draft here. But this was a fan question turned in. Um, What do you guys think about going under slot pitching at 10? Arms like Horton and Yerpe at 10 for around approximately 3 million would have nearly an additional $2 million towards later picks. Nick, once you get us started, what do you think about that underslot stop at pick 10 there? I don't think using it that high, first of all. I don't, I don't know about using it that high, but I also don't think that's something that they'll do because I know they, I know they went underslot after they took Veen and 20. Um, 
I just don't think the quality of the talent, if you're going to go under slot, you probably do that later. I just don't see them doing that. I mean, and I don't think even if you were to take somebody like a, a Jerpy or a Horton, I don't think they would, they might demand more than being drafted. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree that if those guys get drafted at 10, they're probably going to want to push their leverage a little more. Um, you know, the Rockies probably wouldn't save an entire $2 million. The idea in a vacuum is pretty awesome that you'd be able to save that money. You've got these, you know, the 31st and the 38th pick that you could, you know, load up a, a huge signing bonus with. But well, they, I would, they have, I think it's 13.5. So if, if this is the first year that they're, and, and since they've done the, the bonus pools, they're going to go over slot. You're going to, they're going to do, it, I think this year, because they have so much money. Yeah, I think this. I think this year they'll do the opposite. I'm kind of thinking they'll go over slot first, and then with one of those 31st or 38th picks, they'll kind of take a slight college bargain. Um, I don't know if either of either Kate Horton or Cooper Hajerpy will be in play, but uh, someone kind of in the same mold, maybe at at 31, 38, to save them some money. All right, so you guys are both predicting at slot or over slot at that first pick there. It's just, yeah, 13.6 million in the total pool there to play around. And the first pick is worth about 5 million. So the numbers add up, but it's both saying over slot at the 10. Um, before we get into all of that, I also want to kind of recap last year's draft, the 2021 draft, which I would say has been pretty good as of three, four months into this 2022 season. Uh, just a friendly reminder, Benny Montgomery, was the first overall pick. He's doing doing well when he's playing. He's trying to stay off the injured list. But then you go Jaden Hill, Joe Rockby, Kate Brown, Hunter Goodman, and Evan Justice in the first five, first five rounds there. Um, just kind of a fun way to recap. We like to do things a little bit differently here. What are some of the biggest hits and still to be determined players from the 2022 draft? And I'm going to go first because I want to be selfish and give a nod in there for our guy, Joe Rock. Uh, I think he's the biggest hit so far drafting as the compensation pick, the third overall pick for the Rockies uh, just has lived up to the hype and everything above and beyond the big lefty arm, big K rates struggle. Maybe had one or two terrible outings in the eight, 15, 16 that he's had. I just, he's a good college arm lefty that projects, to be a number two or number three starter as he keeps growing. So hitting on that, especially after you took a flyer on Jaden Hill, is a, I think, a win for sure so far. And then I'm also going to give my still to be determined, because I just kind of prefaced it, will be Jaden Hill. I think it's going that high on somebody that had Tommy John and putting kind of all of your eggs in that basket, it was a huge gamble. You never know how that's going to turn out. His stuff is nasty. It was nasty. But how does that play out after he recoups, after he comes back. Most of the time, Tommy John, they're okay. But it's been, what, two years since he's thrown a ball. He's starting to come back now. He's starting to do some mound work we see. So he's coming, but it's still to be determined as the Jaden Hill, the number 44th overall pick last year. So those are my two definitely hits, biggest hits so far, and still to be determined. Tyler, who do you got from last year's draft? So – totally been surprised and it's I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I've been pleasantly surprised though with McCade Brown 
Yeah. Uh, came after Joe Rock, third round pick. I, you know, the stuff is out there. We wrote a nice little recap on the draft and the highlight on McKay Brown was like, this guy's stuff is ridiculous. Like he's got four really solid pitches. You know, he's got the velocity. He's just, his, his stuff breaks can really spin the baseball. But the question was, can he stay, you know, in control of his mechanics and, and, you know, limit walks. And he's been one of the best pitchers in the system at, you know, generating strikeouts and limiting walks, 71 K's and just 14 walks this year, he's given up seven home runs. So if you took a few of those home runs away, which seven and 50 innings isn't that much, but he'd be having an incredible season, if not for seven home runs, um, a little bit over one per nine innings. So he's just been doing everything really, really well. I think he's making a name for himself as one of the top pitching prospects in the system in terms of pure stuff. I'm really, really excited about McKay Brown. And if we're jumping to the still to be determines here, I got to go with my, my preseason pick to be a my guy, Bryce McGowan. Um, he's a guy, another one with really, really great stuff. He's sort of the opposite side of the coin is McCade Brown. Really good stuff. The question about how well he's going to command that stuff. McCade Brown's done it. Bryce McGowan has struggled. So I think there's, there's still a lot to be seen. First year in pro ball, a lot's going to happen for him. The stuff is so great. So we'll see what happens in the next year or two with McGowan. Yeah, the... Got to give a shout out to uh, McCade being the California pitcher of the month last year. So like right on cue of what you're saying, his stuff is nasty. And if you take his first outing away, that home run definitely goes down. I think he gave up like three or four yeah. runs that first outing. So take some of that away. He's been just lights out since then. Um, yeah, I like that. All right, Nick, who do you got? I'm going to go with two. And I think uh, I'm going to one of them. I'm going to go with Evan Shaver. Um, who had similar to uh, a number of number of the top, like five round guys like uh, Evan Justice and, and Joe Rock, even McKay Brown, always had that stuff in college uh, from Cincinnati. Uh, he was, I think, one of the guys that they had beginning of last year. You know, he could go you know, one one, not one one, but like first round, you know, maybe back into the first. But you know, didn't really pitch nine only nine games. But you know, he's made his way up to Spokane. Has been pretty good there. I think he's a reliever, but it's always good to have uh, very good lefties uh, in the bullpen, and especially somebody of his his caliber and his quality. Yeah, Shaver, um, he is he has been a starter. He started all thirteen games so far this season. Um, Sixty innings pitched, sixty three Ks for Shaver, Shove and Shav, as Tyler likes to call him. Uh, I yeah, Shaver he got a quick call up too because he started in Fresno and then went up to Spokane. Same thing, yeah. So same thing with Mason Green, who I also like as well. That they got, I think, good value out of coming from a Division two school. Yeah, Mason Green, the twelfth pick overall last or twelfth round pick last year, three hundred fiftieth overall. Yeah, he's been really good too. Another another call up in, up in Spokane. They're I would say their pitching last year has been pretty spot on. They drafted pitching last year. It's been pretty much hundred percent, maybe 95% hit. Like they've done really well so far this season with those guys. Like you hear Colin Kafka, um, Mason Green, Tyler Ross is Rass has been pretty much lights out down in Fresno. A lot of these college arms, but then again, 
how much weight do you put in this? It may correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a college arm and you're going down to low A, you probably should be dominating. Are you, you or we should be a little worried if you're not dominating. Uh, well, so when the Rockies only have from this past draft class one player, I guess after the season they will only have one player under twenty. So and you know, these guys to too. have to. You know, if you're not going to be, you know, you can't be. Some of them now are, are pushing 24, even some 25. Got even if they're not going to, even if they're they're going to struggle. You got it. You got to still. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to lose at the lower levels than there is to gain, unless, as you know, Nick's kind of getting at, unless you're like Benny Montgomery, you don't really have anything to lose as a 19 turning 20 year old at low A, but. If you're fresh out of, you know, pitching power five or power six, you know, baseball and you can't get through low A, you're you're sort of already showing maybe you're not going to, you know, thrive as a prospect. So they're just going to keep moving you up purely just for depth. Yeah. And that's, it, you know, for some people, that's, you know, that's what they're playing pro ball. You know, others rise up from that. It's you know, it's what you do with your opportunities. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, two sides of the same coin. You can kind of figure it out. Take that however you want, right? I think, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right, so that was the recap of the 2021 draft. Now let's get into the 2022 draft. Again, we've talked about this pretty extensively. We have, you guys have your guys. I have all the mock draft guys coming up. A few new names on these mocks. Um, ESPN's mock has a few names. I was like, really? This is kind of weird. Um the athletic Nick Groke has a fun one that I want to kind of dive into later. But right now, the ESPN draft guide says uh, the Rockies farm system is 15th. And overall, they need their biggest strength is everyday position players. And their biggest system needs is impact pitching. And I think we've stressed that enough. We don't have any top number one for sure dudes, starter, starter one guys, opening day starters in this system. We have a lot of two through five guys that will produce either in the rotation or in the arm barn but none of those like electric dudes like like all right i can count on you for game one of the whatever in lds whatever you want to go with so keep that in mind as we go through this which is kind of nice or actually kind of sucky because impact pitching at the college level is abysmal it's kind of nonchalant there a lot of injuries a lot of surgeries a lot of things out of just not there this year in that system. So kind of keeping all that in play. It is the draft, baseball draft. Everything's a little bit different. It's not the NBA or NFL. Um, and the last thing before we get started, just a recap of the last five first-round picks. Benny Montgomery, Zach Bean, Michael Tolio's 2019, Ryan Rollison, and Grant Levine were 2018 first-round draft picks. I would say pretty good on those first four, first, first picks of those last five years. So just keep that in mind as we go through this. First question. Mr. Keith Law mentions that Jacob Berry's floor is the Rockies in his most recent mock draft. We talked about this a little bit off air before it, but now just let it out. Let it fly. Get spicy with it, Tyler. What do you think about this? No. <laughs> That's basically all I have to say because when you look at some of these other you know, notable college prospects. You think of Ivan Melendez from Texas. Think of Tyler Locklear from VCU. You know, maybe you can toss Sonny Dechara in there from Auburn. A few other guys. They all come with the same future defensive home 
as Jacob Berry. And you could make the case that all three are better hitters. It's I, I think the whole Jacob Berry phenomenon's been weird because coming into the season, everyone's like, oh, he's a third baseman. Like, that's fine. Um, but he is no Spencer Torkelson at the plate. He is, you know, to me, not worthy of a top 10 pick, given that he's almost a lock for first base. And again, I think someone like Ivan Melendez is going to perform better in the lower minors than Jacob Berry. I, I just hope this is a lot of smoke that's going on and that, you know, Jacob Berry falls to the late first where he's, you know, a fine pick. But if he's the pick at 10, I'm not going to be mad, but I'm also going to be like, what are we doing? We have so many guys profiling for first base. Jacob Berry's bat is, is great, no doubt. But I, I would not like the value of the pick very much. You've got to get a guy who profiles for a more premium defensive position. And there's so many options to, to cover that. And we're going to talk about a lot of them in this pod. So no for the Barry. What about you, Nick? What say you? Uh, well, I want to throw out some names here. Uh, Brendan McKay, Haven Smith, um, Eric Hosmer, Yonder Alonzo, uh, Matt Laporta. Those are all first basemen pri- and primary, I guess, corner infield guys, primarily first. They've been drafted. Uh, since 07, top 10. Uh, I think Torkelson, then would also get Torkelson would be on here as well. How many of those guys have performed? Brendan McKay was a, a two-way guy, kind of. Haven Smith has torched the Rockies at times, but not really. <laughs> I think, honestly, you know, if you're drafting a top 10 first baseman and the best, you know, in the last, last 10 or so, 15 years or whatever, is Eric Hosmer. You know, with Yonder Alonso kind of behind him, you know, is that kind of a player worth? Eric Hosmer's a good player, right? But is he, you know, somebody that you want, you know, to, your hopes, you know, to ride on, especially when you have candidates at first who might be better than Barry in the long run? Yeah. Yeah, you have Levine, you have Tolia, you have Hunter Goodman. Like they are in the realm of first baseman coming up, so I think I think you I think you can make all the case for Barry. I think you could make the case for Barry there if he was you know if, if maybe if we didn't have Levine, you know. But Barry also his eye is good; it's not great. So no, I can understand it if the Rockies didn't really have a first baseman in the system who had a good eye, but Levine does that. So you don't really need another guy, you know, who you're going to have to you know stick it first and hope he succeeds that's just not so we're in consensus that we hope that jacob barry is not available at the tip spot because the rockies will probably take him Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't want we don't want them to but they probably will that or i hope keith law has been a i don't know if i want to say misled or just something along those lines i just hope that i almost hope he's on the board and the rock and that the rockies don't take him but having him off the board would make it so I can go into that pick a little more comfortable. <laughs> so we can all be, we can all be nervous about seven, eight, nine pick just to see if Jacob Barry's going to be taken or not. Um, all right. Could the Rockies work out a pre-draft overslot deal with friend family of the Rockies, Matt Holiday's son, Jackson Holiday. And he has from our first draft pod to now dude man has shot up the rankings. It was like maybe a top 100, top 50 pick when we first did our thing a few months ago to now being predicted first overall. 
And now Rocky's love loyalty to a fault. Uh, is this something that could possibly be done? Keep in mind, the first pick, top pick came at 5.1 million value um, in 2021 on a $10.5 million total pool. Um, lots of money to play around. Holiday likely wants to play, wants a top five bonus. So you're looking at millions and millions of dollars. Um, and that would be that over slot that we were kind of talking about at the beginning. So with all that in mind, Tyler, are they doing a backdoor deal right now with Mr. Jackson Holiday? You know, it's I don't want to sit on this and, and hope and think it's it's going to happen. But I think the Rockies are in the perfect position to make this happen. We, we discussed at the top. I'm glad we had that fan question looking at, you know, an underslot at 10, because I think this is the year to go overslot. There was there's kind of been this little rumor going around in draft circles that the Mets or just anyone really might try to do this with Drew Jones, who's viewed as the top prospect in this draft class, that you could take a ton of your bonus pool and, you know, talk to one of these prospects and say, we'll give you, you know, the top three, you know, bonus that you want. And the Rockies have the opportunity to do it. This first pick is worth 4.98 million out of their 13.6 million total pool. They could easily take a couple extra million, throw that at Jackson holiday, who, Right now, it looks like a consensus top five, maybe top three prospect, depending on who you talk to. Kind of like Brendan Rodgers, if you subbed a little bit of the raw power for the hit tool. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers, this was a generational hitter we were talking about before he got, you know, to the big leagues. So Jackson Holiday, another shot at, you know, that generational type of, of offensive talent. That would be just so cool. Like, come on. It would be fantastic. What say you, Nick? I like Holiday. I think there are college players that are better than him. Um, Zach Neto. I think if you're going to take a if you're going to take an infielder, you take somebody who's at, at the collegiate level, especially if they're going to try and you know the Rockies are continue, going to continue there. You know we're not rebuilding. We're not you know we're not making any progress. We're just kind of steadily, you know, we're just doing our thing. I think taking a college player, although I, I do like Holiday. Uh, and and you could I, I assume you know if they're if they're if they're still terrible in a few years they could just get Ethan Holiday then, and then just form, have Dad come out of retirement for a game or two. Um, but uh, he's got the talent. I just think a college player would make more sense, especially if somebody like a Brooksley or a um, Zach Neto or even like a Jace Young were still on the board. I think they would make more sense. And they, they fit the Rockies kind of timeline and, you know, we're rebuilding. They, they still want butts in the seats, you know, and a college player would, would provide a little bit more, you know, hope and dream. Yeah. But if you're going to put butts in the seat, Jackson holiday, will put those butts in the seats. You got generations of holidays as the, and the Rockies and stuff. I, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I would be down. All they need to do is win the lottery in, in 20, like I said, yeah, 2025, get that first overall top 10 pick and, and get Ethan. Have two holidays in the system, man. Come on, Nick. <laughs> Wrap your head around this. Two yeah. holidays. Can, uh, think, have, doesn't Chulowitzki have a son, too? 
Yeah, Taz. I think I want to say he's like college bound next year. I forget how old he is, but it's like kind of he's getting close to, you know, being draft eligible. Yeah, that's crazy. That's oh, yeah, crazy. class of 2023. Yeah. So just bring bring the whole family back. Sort of DJ's got DJ's got one well, you know, coming up. You know, that's that's one way to get Tulawitsky back to uh <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, Taz Tulawitsky class of 2032. So we've 32. got a 30. Oh, God. oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Thirty. You know, that'd be, I thirty-two. That, yeah, ten years. That'd be one room. way to get too low back. He's, oh my gosh, he's eight. <laughs> <laughs> what are we what? doing? Because too low is only like forty, so it's like yeah, that makes sense. He should not well, have. How like, old is Matt Holiday? I think like forty, like thirty-eight. Or I think I think he's crossed the forties threshold. Let's see. That's a good question. Forty-two. Yeah, we'll get so, Mike. Forty-two. So and he was, so holidays eight to figure eighteen. Oh, that I mean that's super young to have. I mean he's what twenty four. He wasn't. Yeah. He was, oh no. So he had then. So he had Jackson then, the year he debuted, in the big leagues. Yeah, oh, started wow. started early. <laughs> yeah, that is getting started. Yeah. Well, I know they. I know they don't shy away from. I know they have. Uh, Yorvis' son. Or yeah. Yorvis, right. Toyalba's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who's been hot down in Fresno? So maybe, maybe they keep it in the system. Who knows? I, I would, I kind of like it. I, I don't care about money. Like if you're gonna go, if you're gonna spend money, you're my major league team. Go and spend the money. I'm not gonna sit. I'm not one of those fans or one of those guys that oh they overspent on the first overall draft. Who cares? <laughs> let them get the rag and let them do what they think is necessary. And if you're bringing in a guy like Jackson Holiday who has the pedigree and the nostalgia all attached to it who it's obviously going to be a stud. So like, why the heck not? So backdoor deal. I'm down. Yeah. What are you doing? Dave? I just don't think he's going to be available there. Maybe yeah. that backdoor deal. Hopefully that backdoor deal is happening. There's absolutely no way he's available unless that deal is happening, but mm-hmm. something, something to look forward to as soon as that first draft first pick is announced. Um. All right. Top five realistic targets at 10 for each of you. Just give us your names, like pick one or two to go for it. I'm going to do a quick rundown of the mocks. Um, MLB Callis's Callis has Gavin Cross of V Tech um, slotted to the 10 spot. ESPN mock draft from June 29th has Jordan Beck, um, outfield from Tennessee. Uh, Keith Law's 3.0, July 11th, yesterday said that the Brock Porter, uh, right-hand pitcher out of Michigan, high school pitcher out of Michigan. Um, and then I love this one. Maybe you guys dive into this before you give your thoughts. Uh, Nick Groke from The Athletic, the Rockies writer for The Athletic, on July 7th said Kumar Rocker, which is a whole, whole conversation I would love to get into, maybe on a Twitter space or something. Um, any of those guys come to mind that you guys think? Who are some of the top three or four guys that you think might happen at 10 and expand on one of those and give me your thoughts on Kumar to the rocks. Tyler, start us off. So a lot to grapple with right there. Yeah, lots. <laughs> um, but this isn't necessarily my top target. I have this guy at four, but since you mentioned him, Gavin Cross, he he's like one of the realistic guys that I would be very happy with on, on draft night uh, out of Virginia tech all five tools are, are present, you know, none are like 
crazy good. I think I think his power, there's a chance his power ends up plus. He makes a ton of contact. He can go to all fields. He played center field all year at Virginia Tech. Probably goes into a corner in, in the pros or definitely as he gets closer to, you know, Major League Baseball. Gavin Cross, though, he just does it all. Um, sort of like a more developed version of Zach Veen in some ways. That's sort of a good way to think about who he is as a player, at least. Upside, maybe not quite on the same level, but, you know, as, as Nick said a little bit in this pod, the college guys, you can, you can rest your hat on knowing they're going to make the big leagues almost certainly, unless some really bad stuff happens. It just becomes a question of how good they're going to be at the big leagues. So Gavin Cross is a bit of a safe pick, but he also, again, brings all the tools. So a lot of upside there too. And then if we want to talk about Kumar, yeah, I, Nick Roke, he's, he's awesome. I, I think there's like, this isn't an impossible pick, but I think Kumar is probably looking, you know, late teens at the earliest. I think that's kind of his range right now. Um, there's, there's definitely some college pitchers who are better at the two we mentioned at the top of the draft might go higher. Um, you know, there's a few of the injured guys, Blade Tidwell. So I think Kumar Rocker is probably, you know, more late teens, second round, but We'll see what happens there. I, I wouldn't really like that much for the Rockies, but at the same time, a high-end pitcher, guy with premium upside, you can't get mad about. Do, do either one of you recall what connection Kumar had with the Rockies? Like, they tried to sign him out of high school? He was school? drafted prior. Yeah, yeah he was, he was yeah. drafted by the Rockies prior. Okay, that's what it was. So there is that history there. That. 38, 1,146 um in 2018 yeah 38th round yeah okay they also took yeah they yeah let's if you go back from starting i would say uh 27 16 17 18 19 you'll see a few guys that are going to be pretty high picks now and it's pretty common yeah yeah so you're big on gavin cross is there another name you want to talk about um we've alluded to jace young a little bit and He's someone if, – if both Young and Cross were on the board, I would, I would definitely lean towards Jace out of, out of Texas Tech because I, I think you could kind of toss him in a, in a bag with Kevin Parada, Brooks Lee, those three guys you could shuffle it around, pick a name out of the hat. That's who the best hitter from this class is going to be. I think it could be any of the three. You know, Jace Young brings a lot of power, uh, but his command of the strike zone is just – you know, something to behold. And he has a weird defensive fit. He's a little, you know, I don't want to call him sluggish. He's not the, the best athlete. He might play second base. His arm isn't great for third base. So I think maybe left field could even be a home for him in the future. But the bat, sort of on the Jacob Berry conversation, I think Jace Young is a better hitter than Jacob Berry. So you can put the defensive questions aside a little bit more. But I think also he's probably going to play second base. So it'd be totally fine. Yeah. And second base in the Rocky system isn't too heavy. Like you have a lot of middle infielders that could play second base, but you don't have like a true second baseman coming up. Maybe Juan Brito would probably be the best one right now. And he's down in Fresno. So it's still a hot ways away, but it's second base. You can slot a shortstop over. I mean, Trevor Story did it for, how much million dollars did he switch over to second base for? So like you can you can pick and slot people in there. So second base is always that weird position. 
but if you can hit, you're going to play. So finding a spot for Jace Jones would, would be great. And I think he's the one I would really like just been following him. Saw his Texas tech year. He's just a guy. He's just a dude that you worry about when you see other pitchers worrying about him. He just changed the game every time, every at bat I saw. So I like that Gavin cross and Jace Jung. Nick, who are some of your guys that we're looking at for number 10? Uh, I have two that, that, oh, I guess I only really kind of have one that'll probably be there. Uh, Zach Neto. Uh, I'm starting, is it, I like, I saw him uh, two, two games a while back. Um, I like what he, how he can hit. I like his stance. I like his plate discipline. Um, I don't think, you know, I think it would be sort of a reach. I think he's probably, you know, 15, 20 range, but. Um, I think he's probably the only one that I that I, I would feel comfortable taking uh, with that tenth pick, and then the only other the only other one that I could see, and it's not something that I, I envision them doing, is I, I personally I think I, at this point I would punt the pick. I think the guys you know that that are going to go top ten, like a Tamar Johnson, a Kevin Prada, Cam Collier, or Brooks Lee, you know those guys wouldn't be reached at ten, but there aren't going to be they aren't going to probably be there. I like Jace Young like you guys were talking about, but with, with how good next year's class is, you know, and it being a lottery style next year, I don't know. I, I'm, I've started to come around on the idea that, you know, maybe, you know, take somebody, not sign them, and then, you know, have potentially two top 10 picks next year. Is that how that would work? So, uh, yeah, they would still, yeah. Okay. And what about all that money that's slotted? I guess you have that pool, right? So, you yeah, thirteen point six million dollar pool. If you don't sign somebody in the first round, let's say for five million, where does that five million go? Uh, I think like what happened with the Mets last year. I think it's just, I think you just kind of lose it. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's something that I'm kind of coming around on. Yeah, it'd be probably kind of hard to spend all that money if you didn't sign your first round pick. But if they sort of had that plan, then. They could probably take some kind of, you know, high schooler that is planning to go to college and, and try and secure them. Still wouldn't spend all that money though. Um, but yeah, that would that would just, be kind of like the odds. laid out like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the odds of the lottery. I just it's gonna and I and I it's gonna be an interesting thing to see. It's just, you know, you could have, you know, be the worst team in baseball and guess what? You're gonna pick eighth or ninth. Yeah. I mean I don't know. Yeah. And that's I'm reading what Grok said in his in the athletic mock here, and it kind of alludes to what you're saying there, Nick. Does Rocker come with a risk? This is Grok's words, not mine. I'm not this smart. Does Rocker come with a risk? Of course, but so does fringy free agents, especially younger draft picks. In this case, the Rockies can skip over the four or five years of development, waiting to see if the risk pays off, and add a starting pitcher right now. Might not be perfect for Denver, but Rocker gives the Rockies a perfect Coors Field loophole to add to a starting pitcher. So. Skip straight ahead. Skip the four or five year waiting game and just go for it and see if it works out or not. And yeah, I'm, I'm still a little bit worried with Rocker with not only his arm but you know it was reported that he had cert. I don't know. I a great player. I just I still have questions you know about his health and okay, you know he's probably fully healthy but you know you're dealing with Scott Boris and everything and it's yeah there's there's a lot of extra strings attached to yeah. Rocker. Uh, dudes, dudes, lights out on the mound, but just there's the behind the scenes, beyond the ball field stuff. All right. Uh, so 
first 10 picks and we like most of those some of those names that we might see at 31 38 and 50 to 50 55 which uh, pick, pick do we have i want to say 50 or no i think it's i think it might be 45 let me it's 50 okay. so how it works is starting in the um fourth round the rockies pick 116 in the fourth and then every 30th so they'll have from the fourth round on every 30 yeah six pick so like and every pick since the end of the six so like 146 176 206 right yeah so they have that 50th pick there on day one so we'll, we'll have four days four picks on at the end of sunday any other quick names you want to throw out there? Um, some other names in the mocks are like uh, Spencer Jones out of Andy, Thomas Harrington out of Campbell. Um, we got Rob, Robbie Snelling. I think you mentioned him last on the last pod, mm-hmm. Nick. Caden um, Wallace out of Arkansas. Any other names in the first like end of day one names that you want to put out there and then give us some day two, day three names that we should be looking out for and just kind of bounce off of each other. Nick, why don't you get started? Uh, I will give, I'll do, I suppose I could do five kind of late rounds. The first one that I will go with is, I guess I'll go with Hayden Dunn, which out of, out of the, we talked about openness. Um, one of those guys that, you know, similar to a Jeroma, where you know, he was really good last year at Old Miss, kind of, kind of slumped this year, uh, didn't hit the ball as hard, or, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of struck out a lot more, but Similar to the Drew Romo, who the Rockets have now. Cannon arm, great fielder, great receptor, um, great catcher. It's like if you want, it's like he's kind of like Adley Rutschman in a, not a, like a hitting sense. I guess he's a left handed guy, but you know, he's that, he's that kind of kid you want catching. He's going to call the good game. He's going to pick up on those traits. He's going to throw out a ton of base stealers. Um, and I think if you can get him in the, fourth or fifth round maybe even the sixth or seventh i think you're get you're going to get a really good steal there so hayden dunhurst yeah catcher out of mississippi uh who do you got tyler so one of my favorite kind of these these later round guys is ryan Cermak out of illinois state he just seems like a rockies the guy we've sort of been dreaming for them to get for a long time, and they just, you know, haven't really secured. I think he's won two. May, I'm not, I, th- I don't want to say three. He's definitely won two uh, conference defensive player of the year awards in center field. Brings a lot of tools to the park. And, you know, there's a chance he's, he's sort of like a, I think he is like a Brenton Doyle, except he's been tested against D1 talent. Um, I think that's all that really needs to be said. Kind of like a Brenton Doyle, except he's already faced a lot of D1 talent. I think the hit tool will hold up, you know, a little bit better. So sort of on on Nick's train of thought, getting a really quality defensive prospect at a defensive, you know, minded position, that's that's sort of what I'm looking for at some point on day two or with one of those early picks uh, at 31, 38. Yeah, reading up on Ryan Cermak, I yeah, two – Missouri Valley Conference Defensive Player of the Year is in 21 and 22, so you're right on that. And it looks like he can also throw some heat off the mound, clocking at 95 on the bump. So <laughs> if it doesn't work out defensively. <laughs> let's, let's do the snake draft. Let's do four rounds. So that's round one. Tyler, go round two. Give us another another late name. I, 
I, I wanted to stay, you know, thematically in line with Nick. Here, I'm going to throw out two. I'm going to go with college pitchers, Gabriel Hughes, and then Thomas Harrington, who you you mentioned. He, I think he was in the ESPN mock draft. I think those are two pitchers. I, I doubt both are available. It's possible neither are available, you know, past the first round, but both bring pitchability, you know, a, a deep arsenal of pitches to the mound. Almost like the Rockies, yeah, they will be getting basically a first-round talent, um, you know, outside of the first round with pick 31 or 38. I think both pitchers, Harrington and Hughes, first-round talents on the mound, um, you know, can start right away in low A. They don't need to go to the complex. Those guys are advanced. And I think sort of what Nick Groak was saying, the Rockies need, you know, that loophole. I think those guys are more advanced than Kumar Rocker. They're, they might be a year younger, but I think they're just, you know, on par with his talent. I don't think Kumar Rocker is going to be in the big leagues for, you know, you know, right away at least. So I would love either of those two pitchers, Gabriel Hughes out of Gonzaga or Thomas Harrington out of Campbell. Yeah, Hughes is a new name. I like that. He's number 26 in the overall in the draft class, right between Connor Prelip and Blake Tidwell, which we talked a little bit about. That's fun. Out of Gonzaga, you never hear any West Coast names coming out. Nick, give us two, two names. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go. I kind of only have, uh, I'll go Brock Bladder here. Yeah, uh, not Bladder, B L A T T E R. Um, he's out of Montana, Billing Central Catholic. So, you know, uh, I didn't even, I personally can attest, I didn't know who he was uh, up until a few weeks ago, but he was playing, he plays in the draft league. Um, has been really, really good. Uh, is one of the, I think he's 17. I think he'll turn 18, I think, towards the cutoff. But, you know, pitching against in the draft guys, you know, who have been four or five-year veterans in college, some of the top Juco prospects, put together a really good uh, year. Uh, midnight, low 90s fastball. Uh, I think he's a lot like Mitch Bratt, who also played in the draft league last year, who was – uh, turned out to be a fifth round pick. He's doing really well as an 18 year old uh, for the Rangers in A ball. So I think he's an, uh, emerging kind of as a guy that if he doesn't get drafted, if he goes to Alabama, I think he's going to really open some eyes. But I, I expect after seeing some of his stuff, I expect him to go probably fifth, maybe sixth round. And who's the next guy? Um, I will go, and I, I've talked about him before kind of going that uh, draft league, um, Ben Thompson, uh, very big bodied, also has been playing in the draft league where I've seen a couple of times. Uh, I believe he's committed to Troy, uh, John A. Logan, great slider, um, good fastball, just a big, big bodied kid that probably is a reliever, but you know, you're, you're, you have some arm speed and a pretty good sweeping slider. What is this draft league that you're talking about? Uh, Prep Baseball Report runs it. It's what the uh, was it the New York Penn League was used to be. So it's it's for a bunch of teams. It just used to be. Uh, it's for draft eligible players now. Oh. I like that. What they're doing. Okay, so Brock Ladder and Tim Thompson. Ben Thompson. Ben, ben Thompson. All right. Tyler, give me your last two, and then Nick will close it out with his last late round name. Yeah, glad I get to do two back-to-back because I 
it's hard to decide between these two. <laughs> and they're they're kind of they're sort of similar, at least in terms they, they definitely share the same sort of defensive profile. First, I'll go with Tyler Locklear, who I mentioned already at the beginning of the pod. This is like getting Jacob Berry, except not in the first round, um, you know, maybe in the third um, out of Virginia Commonwealth. Um, just wow. You look at the stats, 542 on base percentage this year, a 1342 OPS, 47 walks to 25 strikeouts. You know, the swing decisions are, are exceptional. The raw power, he had 20 homers this year. Like he's got great raw power. He's sort of like a budget Spencer Torkelson, like very similar college numbers. Um, you know, the potential to play third base, although probably a first baseman. Like the dude's just stacked with with talent. Um, because he's coming from a slightly smaller school, I don't think he's getting, you know, quite the recognition he's gonna he he deserves. And maybe I'm wrong and he gets drafted, you know, early second on draft night. Um, and then moving forward, I've got Jason Jones. Just wanted to throw a, a high school name into the mix. He's coming from Texas. And this guy is, he's posted some of the highest exit velos we've seen from a high school prospect in, you know, a few years. It's, it's easily plus raw power. So if, if things come together for him, I, he's not going to be, you know, a great hitter, uh, definitely going to have some swing and miss, but the raw power is, is insane for him. He's pretty athletic, kind of like Brady House last season, except not nearly as polished, but definitely similar upside. So just swinging back to some corner infield guys with huge power, um, you know, big offensive upside. That's that's sort of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I, high school shortstop will change positions at the next level. So you're getting that athletic ability that's going to translate somewhere else there. All right, Jason Jones. Jason with the Y out of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, close it out. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to dig about as far deep down in my in the bag that I carry with me as, <laughs> maybe as I quite possibly can. Here. I'm going to give two names. Uh, one of them uh, and prospects live does their board. One of them is, I think it's 580, 570. And the other one is ranked, but they're two guys, local guys that I really like. First I'll go is Connor Steinbaugh uh, out of the, out of the university of Akron um, was, didn't pitch. I don't want to say all that much, but he was, he was kind of hurt at times, but, um, 18 starts with, uh, with Akron, uh, 69 strikeouts, 76 innings, 2-6-1 area. He was really good in Mac play. He was about the only pitcher, you know, we had at Akron or, or Akron had it was, that could actually kind of throw strikes and do, but, you know, mid nineties fastball, um, good curve, uh, good change up. I think he's maybe a, you know, 18th, 19th round pick, maybe an undrafted guy, but, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to put his name out there because he was really good at Akron and I really enjoyed watching him pitch. And I think he's got that arm speed, you know, similar, similar to uh, some of the other later arms, but you know, there's potential there. Yeah. You're really coming out of the woodworks power, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you gotta, gotta give a shout out to your, your local yeah, area. You know, there. It, he was the only pitcher that Akron had, you know, coming out of, you know, reviving the program. That was really good for them. So what are the chances of him actually getting drafted? If you're looking at 500 plus there. I would say pretty good. I think, you know, the stuff is there. I think I know, uh, and I'm not hundred percent. I think he's a tread athlete. So I know that they've done, they've popped up now uh, being one of the really big, um, you know, a lot of guys go there, but I think, 
I think there's a, a pretty good chance. I think the stuff is loud. I think having the success that he did, even if it wasn't, you know, like a full, full season each year, I just think it, it would be hard to, to look away from. Okay. Maybe. Okay. So, or maybe like a Luke Taggart type thing as a undrafted mm-hmm. free agent at the end. You have the stuff, but just not, you're just on the cuts of it all day. You're a little bit older too, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just making this up right now. So, yes or no, what are the chances of, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, let's go percentage-wise. What are the chances the Rockies pick a high school pitcher with their first four picks? Uh, I, um, I can say their first – well, I'd say if, if they're going to pick a pitcher, it's probably only going to be the first round. Um, I would say – and I haven't taken one since second pint. I'd say a quarter. Okay. Maybe 35, 40%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think this year's kind of weird. We've, we've spent a, I know the last episode we did talking about the draft, there was a lot of focus on those high school pitchers and that there's a lot this year that in a typical year would be looked at in the first round and they're going to drop into that you know, 31 to 50 range where the Rockies have three picks, they might just say, hey, this talent is great. We think it's a first-round talent. You know, we'll, we'll take this guy. And and we know they don't – they're not just, like, not evaluating the high school pitchers. Um, they've gotten a lot of link to Brock Porter, who we've, you know, name-dropped a little bit in this episode. Uh, he's a decent bet to be the first overall pitcher taken and, and definitely yeah. the first high school pitcher. So I'll I'll stick with Nick. 30, 40% chance, maybe probably more in the, the 40% range of a pitcher they do take, in, in the top 50 for them. If they do take one, I think the only name that, that I, I, I would, I, and I could put money on it, I think it's Brock Porter. I think that's the only arm. If they even consider drafting one, it's going to be Porter. I don't see them taking like a Jacob Miller or an Owen Murphy or an Ian Ritchie. I think it's, it is going to be a Brock Porter bust. I'm not, I like Jacob Miller more than I do um, Brock Porter. I've seen him. I guess I've seen. I saw one hit, and one pitch, but I think Jacob Miller is maybe the better arm. I know Dylan Lesko had Tommy John. He's probably the overall better arm, but in terms of like healthy right now and ready to play, I think Miller. I think it probably goes. If you're talking top high school, I think it goes Miller, Lesko, and then Porter. Yeah. Uh, that's. Yeah, Brock Porter is that guy. Very tra- similar trajectory to Sam Weatherly. Uh, Sam Weatherly, the Michigan guy. Uh, Clemson. Weatherly went to Clemson, and Brock Porter right now is um, committed to Clemson. So if it doesn't pan out, maybe Sam Weatherly vibes there. Um, what are the chances of the Rockies? I mean, we kind of talked about it already, of actually landing a Jackson Holiday. Um. I I'll go maybe three to 5% somewhere in there. It's if he falls out of the top, you know, seven, I think there's a good chance, but if he falls out of the top seven, he's going to probably, he's probably going to want seven or $8 million right off. Maybe six, I'd say between six and 8 million. So, you know, if he falls out of that top five, you're already going to, you're already looking at probably going over slot for him. So probably, you know, He's probably the one guy I think is going to have 
of the high school kids. I think he's probably going to be the one. Maybe Drew Jones a little bit higher, but I think he's probably going to be the one. You know, with with having such a meteoric rise, I think he's going to be the one that has the, the most the the biggest demand of money. Yeah, so I think the chance he ends up at Oklahoma State is a lot better than the chance of him landing with the Rockies. <laughs> but given yeah. given again, we talked about you know the the money that the Rockies have to play with, it does open the door. The the Rockies have a much better chance than you know the Royals and the Twins in front of them because of their their bonus pool. Um, so that that's just kind of the the kicker of the wild card factor that we'll have to see play out. And chances are the Rockies just stick very traditionally and boring and take, you know, a guy around slot value. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So very low. I just throwing this out there. Matt Holiday did not commit to college. He went straight out of high school. Maybe that's the conversation around the house. We, a little bit of conversation with Taylor Snyder about a year and a half ago about how his dad and him didn't really talk about college. It was just kind of baseball. And then he had to go, end up going to college. It was just kind of the expectation in the household. Don't know the holiday household at all, but just put it out there. Matt came think, directly I, out yeah. of high school. I think um, holiday goes to the Rangers. I'm going to put that in stone. All right. Heard it here first, folks. Because I Last, think they had him on TV at one point. Yeah, probably. Interviewing yeah. him. He's going to go. He's going to go early. Um, all right. Last question. What percentage of the draft picks will be position players? Of the 20 overall draft picks, right? 20? I think I think right, 22. 22, yeah. Because we have the two compensations, right? So 22 draft picks. What percentage of them will be position players? Knowing that we went very heavy on the pitching last year and pitching isn't very heavy this year. Tyler? I, I don't know what the percentage of out of 22 is, but I'm going to say eight, 14 pitchers, eight hitters. Usually you see teams kind of fill out a roster with their draft class that, you know, they've got their catcher. They've got, you know, a couple outfielders. They've got some infielders. Then you throw some guys in from last year to fill in the gaps. Um, but we know they're going to go pitching heavy, but they're almost definitely going to draft, you know, around the positional diamond you know, get an outfielder to get a couple infield. They're good. They're going to do that. So I'm going to go eight and 14 breakdown. Okay. 36%. Okay. Get down the head. That's not true. <laughs> I did not do that. Math teacher. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that quick. Nick, what do you got? Um, I think uh, I'm going to go 13 pitchers, nine hitters, uh, and then 99.9% division one. Or no, no 96% division one. Division one, so not just college division one. Yeah. Okay. I think they'll maybe take another Mason Green type out of like division. I don't know if they've ever drafted like an NAIA player before. I, I don't have the data on that. Um, I know they don't, they, they, they very rarely will swell division one or yeah. Yeah. division one. Juco, Juco is almost unheard of for them. Same thing with like NAIA or like division three. So it's mostly going to be. So, you know, and then I guess that what makes that's what makes some of this easy because you can kind of predict, you know, what they're going to go with. They're, they're very kind of plain Jane. So you, you can kind of go, you know, this kid's going to go here. He's going to go there. It makes it easier, but it also kind of takes that, you know, that dreaming, you know, you get you get essentially you can, you can squeeze almost five extra years of development out of a high school player just mm-hmm. with the age and everything else that goes into it. So, yeah. So that 
So 35, 36 to 40 percent, you guys are both saying. So even with all this conversation about pitching not being very heavy right now, college pitching not being very big right now in this draft class, you guys still say majority of that draft will be pitching arms. And I think it's because it's pretty much what you're you're kind of hoping for, right? Like you're as good as you're pitching. We've seen that with the Rockies. Like it's the starting pitching is what leads the team and hopefully the offense kind of fills in. Mm-hmm. So going yeah, with that just, with the yeah, draft they, there. It just needs to be, yeah, just needs to be, you know, you need those quality, you know, you're you're gonna have your fourth and fifth year guys. Yeah. They're gonna draft those arms that are that are that are extremely safe. You know, you can stick them at Fresno or maybe Spokane, you know. They're, they're not going to put up, you know, spectacular, or, you know, eye-popping numbers, but, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to kind of, they're going to perform. Yeah. So fun, fun stuff. I'm excited. Uh, we will have draft coverage again, starts Sunday, this Sunday, the 16th um, at 7 PM Eastern time. Uh, we're going to be covering it. Tyler and Nick are going to be putting most of the weight on their back. So follow us at Blake street banter on Twitter all the good stuff is going to happen we'll give the post draft analysis we'll probably come back next monday or next tuesday and give a recap of the draft um, uh wednesday probably like wednesday or thursday so yeah because it's tuesday draft, and draft is sunday right? sunday monday yeah so we'll we'll come back soon we'll come back soon with a draft analysis enjoy the futures game which absolutely sucks i just read this and i'm super upset so this this is rant session with aaron the futures game is only being televised on peacock well, it's also only seven innings still again this year. What what are we doing? Like, I'm so upset. Like, you want to grow the game, and you're doing this bullshit. Yes, like you said the word with the peacock only thing, and well, it's I now. can't watch Tovar. I can't watch Veen. I can't watch the rest of the future guys competing against each other for even nine innings, let alone they have to be on the peacock. So I can't watch it. I'm only going to be able to watch the highlights. Hopefully my MLB TV or MLB TV app like lets me watch the recap the next day. Well, yeah. But I it's think this is funny. complete yeah. BS that the MLB hasn't figured out what we want and how to figure it. Do it. Well, it's well, dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. I think it's funny it's too. They were like, you know, here's two players from every team. You know, it's like 50 or 60 man roster. It's a seven inning game. You know? Yeah, exactly. Most of those arms, especially, just aren't going to see the field. And you, right. I don't even think they could go like uh you know, a pitcher, a batter in the seventy. I think they still would have guys left over. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense. They not be just doing another disservice. And, they, and I think the reason – I don't know if they did it. I think they bumped it for the celebrity softball game. I don't know. That's the only thing that I can – which oh. I don't know, you know. I'm sure every – all the stars would be out. It's, it's Los Angeles for the celebrity softball game. But nobody, nobody, nobody gives a that. shit. <laughs> but that's going to be televised on ESPN, not the Futures game. Yeah. But we got celebrity softball, freaking probably Kevin Hart going out there against Jenny Finch, striking out because that's what the people want. It's such dumb nonsense. I hate it. I hate I'll, it. I hate I'll it. happily watch Bill Nye again, though. But otherwise, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> nobody cares. They don't even show the full game of the celebrity softball. They highlight it. Well, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, cut yeah, it they, for an hour. Shoot. Oh, they're gonna have they're gonna have Bad Bunny. Oh boy, that's just, that's just what Get I want to. And, and the crappy thing was, I saw I went to the uh, the nineteen All Star game when they did it here in Cleveland, and it was just I I don't know, it was not, you know, you want to sit, you know, you want to watch the Futures game, but you have to sit through, you have to sit through the softball game. Oof. 
that's yeah that's, oh uh, 100 pence boy mlb has ruined it once again and, and i'm 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 on record with all the different streaming <laughs> site services being stupid and all why can't they well, i still can't watch yeah. the tigers and i'm right here and i want to watch the tigers and it'd whatever. be nice if they did more things too with the prospects you know gave them like a home run derby they though yeah. i think they give the high school kids a home yeah, run derby a they won't give home run derby. you know they used to do yeah, a like home run derby yeah. after the CWS. They used to like have like that next weekend was the home run derby. They used to hang out and have a have a thing, but it like only uh, drops it again. Do so like a bunch challenge like they do in Japan, yeah. but like Billy Hamilton and like Byron Buxton <laughs> have them have have them bunt try and like buttons. I don't know. It, it, yeah, have fun. Yeah, make it more fun. I don't know. They MLB has lost its mind. Anyway, that's that. Again, we'll be back. Um, look for us, Blake Street Banter on the Twitter, all the draft coverage. We got you. We'll talk about it. Hopefully, some articles. Maybe you guys can get, get something out here in a little bit over this next week. And we'll highlight some players over these next few days. But in the meantime, go rocks and the minor league affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.